What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. We're about 20 minutes from midnight, which means we're only about seven and a half hours away from puck drop on another strong seven and a half. Well, there. Well, okay. When it oh shit, you're right. Fuck. Okay, I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yes. Uh, Midnight. Maybe 19 hours. Yeah, 19 and 19 hours. Exactly. Oh, that was bad. Um, this this what this is what happens when you're running around all day because you got to get shit done, and then you forget how to talk. So, yay for me on that one. But I am glad I am glad to be joined once again on the Tip of the Tower podcast by our good old uh, Austin Owens. You know, back again for another podcast, and then coming out of retirement once again, uh, Jake Middleton. I don't think this will be the last time. You'll come out of retirement, uh, Jake, but <laughs> we can afford you just for this one. So I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, my, my fee gets lower at the beginning of the season. <laughs> is this is this uh, what William Nylander's feeling like right now? Yeah, you guys, uh, we, we we made a deal finally. It's, it's not as hard as we think. <laughs> we just said, hey, Jake, you want to come on? Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. let's do it. Um, okay. I want to get your sense, guys. I mean, I, I'm, I've been waiting for this leave season to start since they were eliminated by Boston. Same it's, here. Because I knew that this loss, because of how it ended, all the things that were involved after the loss, I felt like next year, like this team is just going to, Either they're gonna fly out of the gate, or they're gonna take their—I mean, not take their time—but they're gonna they're gonna do some serious damage this season. People people are still skeptical, um, but I think they learned. I think they learned a big lesson last year. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's gonna be really fun. Obviously, um, outside of that loss, which which had me really mad because I thought. They should have won that series if if Freddie didn't play, if he played 
average the entire series. Every single game, they're probably playing Tampa Bay. Now, who knows if they would have won that series? Probably wouldn't have, but at least they would have won a playoff series, which would end that silly narrative that, like, oh, how about you win a playoff series first? And it's the chirps that come from, like, teams like the fucking Islanders or Edmonton or some other team that's won fucking absolutely nothing just like us. Um, but, you know, ever since July 1st, I've just been psyched and ready to go. And I'm just looking forward to seeing them hopefully absolutely destroy the Habs. Now, my question, Austin, I'll bring this one to you. Um, is it tough? I mean, we all know the excitement that happened after July 1st. How hard is it? How hard has it been for you to remain as excited as, you know, people are from, from like, this is months of excitement. This is not just, like, a week's worth of excitement. This is, like, you know, from July till now. How, how hard has it been to kind of keep it to this level, consistent level? Toronto sort of had a theme, I guess, this summer of getting star players that don't really love the media. Um, so it's been interesting because I've been looking forward to John Tavares. Uh, like we talked about in the last podcast, I wasn't didn't get to see him in person when I went to the game, but uh, I did. He's been tearing it up this preseason. Yeah, well, that's what I was getting to. <laughs> One of us has seen him play live. One of um, Go ahead. Hey, yeah, I, I got to see Trevor Moore play live. That's all I have for. You got to see the backup goalie play live. I did, and that was unfortunate for him that game. <laughs> it was, <laughs> yeah, that is true. Um, now, what w- was that game by Sparks? That was with the absolute scrubs, right? It was. Yeah, they were at least. Like, it was okay. the equivalent yeah. of that release roster he had when he made his NHL debut. So Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, I went with a buddy of mine, and just, we, I decided to hit up Chris Johnson uh, to see where he was like if he was doing radio or we could like if I could say hi to him real quick if he was in between hits for TV and I texted him are you at the Leafs half game tonight just a general thing and he texted back you mean Marley's in Rocket yeah. <laughs> that's where we're going yeah that's, he was not wrong that was a, not a barn burner but it got better it did uh, okay so I hate talking about preseason, but I will make this observation. Um, even though it was against the Red Wings, um, the Leafs power play, like we know it's good to see it live. I, I, I sent you guys the video that I, my cousin and I were sitting beside each other. The Leafs get the, uh, you know, they go up five on four. Then they go up five on three. And my cousin's like, you got your phone out, right? I'm like, oh yeah, we know it's coming. And then to see Austin Matthews pass up a chance to shoot so that he can pass it to John Tavares and he one-timers it. Like, seeing that in people, like, I understand, like, you know, Tampa has, you know, Stamkos and Kucherov. Um, You know, Pittsburgh has Crosby, Malkin. Edmonton's got McDavid. Cricket, cricket. And, um... And Ty Ratty. Yeah, good in preseason. We'll, we'll see how he does over 82 games. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but I think he's career, he's played 31 games in his career. So Yeah, Yeah, but if he has a, I'm just a quick aside, if he has a breakout year, then what does that say about what St. Louis was doing? 
it, I mean, it doesn't say anything because they gave it, him what five it, years and he didn't turn in everything. Yeah, I mean, it just means he sure. didn't. Yeah, he didn't do anything worth him. He he needed a, like a Connor McDavid to bring himself up. If that's what you're looking, yeah. if that's what you need, then... that's like a lot of players though. Yeah, yeah, a top player will prop them up. But I, I see where you're getting at with that. But I'm yeah, like if you have a decent season, like. Is everyone going to look at St. Louis and say, well, what the heck? But no, yeah, I don't think so. Had there. It's not like he was there for two years and then they gave up. Yeah. So the the reason why I bring up bring this all up is because this is probably, other than the power play, they, there's not really much else that people like. People like, oh, the Leafs have a disgusting power play unit. The forward depth is good. But that's really all I feel like people are giving the Leafs credit for. Am I am I right? Do you think I'm right with that and saying that those are the only two things the Leafs have been getting a lot of credit for? Oh yeah, yeah. for sure. I mean, everything else they've pretty much you know gotten flack for. Like I I have never seen a greater overreaction to one playoff series than than you know opposing fans after that Bruin series. Like the the thing I hate is the the false narrative that they're like, oh, but look at that decor, like. The Washington Capitals allowed more goals. The Pittsburgh Penguins allowed more goals. Like th- this, this narrative that they just have absolute scrubs playing in their in their uh, back bottom sir, their six defensive pairings or their three defensive pairings is just so. It's just such a hater. Like it just screams of just haters. It's it's pick, it's picking on the one thing that they know they can pick on because the last not much thing else they saw. There. Yeah. It's recency bias. And I think people need to realize that this Leafs decor is going to look and feel different this year, I think. But also, they're going to have the puck a lot more. Like, they replaced Tyler Bozak with John Tavares. Like, that is a monumental difference. People forget that to uh, JVR, Bozak, Komarov were not puck possession players. Yeah, did they have a lot of chances on that? But that's not because they uh, stimulated it. It's because Marner yeah. would bring up the puck. Their decor would bring up the puck. Like they started a lot of time in the offensive zone, so all they had to do was win a damn faceoff. So I think that I think Jake, you're right in that, and I think you said this um, when we signed Tavares. Is just um, how much more the team is going to have the puck because. You know, how much, you know, he's not a guy that's just going to cycle, like, like go for little joy rides in the defensive zone. He's going to work for it. Just, just like the dynamic, it just changes everything so much. Like people, like obviously every team has one shutdown line, a line they put on everybody's top line, but the Leafs have two. They have two of those top lines. They have three borderline number one or number one ace type centers guys that can score 30 goals think about the matchups that, like guys like Kadri's gonna get or Tavares and Marner are gonna get they're gonna go against second pairing D and they're just gonna tee off on teams like imagine them playing a team like Vancouver you got what like I guess Brock Besser Brock Besser's line who's obviously they're really talented offensively but Christ almighty. Defensively, they're going to have to deal with one of the two top top lines in the Leafs. Like, it's just... 
like, good luck. Yeah, just look at the first two games they played this season and Montreal and Ottawa. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're if they don't if they don't put up over ten goals in those two games combined, I'd be really surprised. So now this brings me to my next question: Is do you ex- and some people are wondering this? Are are the first? Is this going to be another opening of the season where defense means nothing? It's going to be very you know high scoring um, because we've seen this the last two seasons. Yeah, I mean that's like that's like with everything though. Um, for hockey in in particular, it's like it's like pretty similar with um, defense of the NFL. It, it probably takes you maybe three weeks to get or three three weeks maybe a month. I think what was the thing Bob said? They said uh, until American Thanksgiving, where you realize the team's legit. That's yeah. that's basically how long it's going to take for them to figure out systems figure out defensive uh, schemes and stuff like that. So you're going to need a a time to figure it out. So I fully expect the offense to run wild for the first couple weeks. So awesome. My question to you now, um, I I don't have the schedule. Actually, I can pull that up really quickly because I have my computer in front of me. Um, But the Leafs, we know they start the first two games against uh, Ottawa and Montreal, which many are calling guaranteed wins, which it's tough to argue against. Then they're, <laughs> then they're on the road to – then they have a three – actually, four-game road trip um, where they play the Blackhawks, the Stars, the Red Wings, and the Capitals. Um, Apparently just playing the Blackhawks in the first two weeks of the season is going to be a thing now. Yeah, I mean, especially on Sunday night. Um Let's yeah. let, let's uh, let's break that down. Uh, one, two, three. How many games did I left off there? One, two, three, four, five. Okay, six, six games. What oh, what five. would you say is the likelihood that the team goes uh, over five hundred in that stretch? Ninety nine percent. Very likely, yeah. Okay, so we're saying Montreal win, Ottawa win, Ottawa win, Blackhawks yeah. probably win. Uh, that's 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 a trap game, I think. I think they'll that beat Dallas, and then they'll just dummy Detroit. And then Washington will be the one that. But yeah, that will be the hard game. Or also a back and back to back. So one of those games could easily just make it overlook. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the but Leafs don't. Leave, the Leafs don't have. I mean, just looking at their October schedule, that last bit of October is tough. You have L.A., Pittsburgh. St. Louis, Winnipeg twice, and yikes! They give you all the in division games first to make you feel good, and then pound you with the central division. Yeah, so you got to get through it at some point. So yeah, that this is the next thing I wanted to bring up. Uh, I've been very surprised by the overwhelming majority of people giving the Jets the best odds to win the cup this or like their pick to be to be the cup cha- cups uh champions this year. Do you guys Oh, I, I mean, I I think they're very good, but I I still can't see them winning. They're I mean, they're there though. They're like Yeah, I mean, they're very good, but they they're also they got a lot of older veterans who aren't necessarily getting better. Like Blake Wheeler's not going to put up 90 points next year. At least I I don't think so. Yeah. Dustin Bufflin's getting another year, probably ate his way another 10, 15 pounds. 
he's like what 34 or something like that i mean guys his size as they get older generally don't get better um i i i still need to see more from hellebuck people are already crowning him you know the next great goalie i i still want to see more because i wasn't impressed with how he played in that vegas series and that's another underrated thing they got dummied five four one to a fucking expansion team yeah a lot of teams got dummied by an expansion team that year but i do agree except the caps who destroyed them I think the Caps just they they refuse to play into Vegas's game. I think they just completely from the from the get go just established their will and physically dominated them. Yeah, like the like as much as people hate Tom Wilson, he intimidated them. That that hit on Marcia show. Whether some people think it's illegal, people are crying a foul over he could he could blow on somebody's ear and they they'd ask for a suspension. I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous. Some of the hate that Tom Wilson gets. I mean, he plays on the edge, which I'm fine with, but like the hit he had against Sandquist, like, I don't know. People are saying 10 games, like he, he's going to get suspended, but I think it's absolutely ludicrous that he's even getting suspended. Cause for the kids, Sandquist or Sunquist or whatever his name is, he's going through the middle of the ice with his head down. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I, that's I, your fault. It is, you know what? And this, I was because it was Tom Wilson. I had that reaction where it's like all oh, that, you know, piece of garbage. Yeah, but that instant reaction. It was that instant reaction. But then when you look at it, it's it's always the instant reaction that people are. It's it's the it's the keyboard warriors that, uh, no, type first, thing second. Um, so I I understand where that comes from but i think you need to look at it and um i've been a big fan of the spin chicklets podcast lately been really getting into it and paul bissonette and um and ryan whitney, ryan whitney. Were both very adamant on this was on the pl- onus on also the player who got hit because as you said jake head down wasn't even aware that tom like there's a reason why a team like washington has tom wilson on their team it's because the opposing t- players know when he's on the ice, you're going to get run or you're going to get hit pretty hard. I mean, you, you just you just have to establish that. Like, think about, like, I am I live in New Jersey, so I've, I had the luxury of watching guys like Ken Danico and Scott Stevens. You do that shit against Scott Stevens, you're not playing in the league anymore because you are dead. Look at what he did to Paul Correa. Like, yeah, of course it's a late hit, but what he was watching his pass the whole way, head down, just looking at his pass, and he got destroyed. We're, I mean, that's just like that's like kind of the way people want the game to be, but then they also don't want the game to be like that. It's like a whole really weird dynamic that I'm not really sure how I feel about it. What? Because I'm, I'm a person who I love hockey because of the hitting. And I, as much as I love the skill and stuff like that, I don't want the hitting to go away. Austin, do you think this is a case of the league protecting players who have never learned how to protect themselves properly? Uh, I think it's still when you get into some of those players that come over from Europe, and I don't want to get on this big Don Cherry European rap rant, but the <laughs> hitting, yeah, you know where I would be going with that. 
it just I mean it's true in Europe it's completely different I think yeah. you know especially Russia yeah if you do that you can just skate through and I mean there's not many guys that will just lay somebody out in open ice as hard as Tom Wilson will he's probably other than Buckland he's one of the hardest hitters in the game for my money uh, there's quite a few yeah, yeah, those are two pretty hard guys to top. And Wayne Simmons, they pack a wall. Uh, Ryan Reeves is a big boy, too. There's a lot yeah. of them. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Justin Bufflin's the one that comes to mind because he actively will just step up. He just crushes people. Yeah, exactly. He's the closest you get to a modern-day Scott Stevens in the way that he just hits guys <laughs> that make you just, like, holy crap. <laughs> up and open up. Yeah, where you just absolutely piss your pants, just yeah. sitting, just standing next to that guy. I've shaken he, his hand before. This guy has the hands the size of Kawhi Leonard. Was it, it's like was shaking it, hands with a bear. During the playoffs, was it uh, Miko Koivu he blew up? Wanted somebody on the wild? Who, um, you're talking about Bufflin, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. The the one that just comes into my head at all times was the the hit he had on on uh he had one on was it it was Seabrook I think was yeah. it Seabrook he he had a big one on some defenseman and he no it wasn't Seabrook um forget yeah. it but the other one I was thinking of is Mark Stone I mean. <laughs> When, <laughs> yeah, the scary part is at one point he was a forward, so that much force and that much body weight behind a guy on a forward check. Oh, it was Chris Pronger. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh. oh yeah. <laughs> Just stuck in the back of your mind there. Yeah, it was Chris Pronger in the finals against Philly. Yikes. Um, yeah, but it's, I mean, obviously the NHL made their own department to keep people from taking those kinds of hits, and then they punish people for it. Tom Wilson's a popular guy that gets in a lot of trouble, and there's a bunch of other guys that get in just as much trouble or have in the past. So it's it's going to happen. I mean, you're not going to – unless a guy has – like, the thing I think of is when Patrice Cormier, I don't know if you remember back to this, he hit a guy high, and the guy had a seizure on the ice. Like, unless something like that happens, you're not going to see something that will snap a guy out of just taking a guy – and driving into him in the middle of the ice if he has a set down. So it's just, it's the way of the game, and as much as you try and get rid of it, there's always going to be instances like this. So who knows what Wilson gets? He's a repeat offender, and he's probably going to get close to five games, maybe. I, I'm just throwing darts aboard at this point. You really don't know. Yeah, he'll get multiple games. All right. Yeah. Oh, I want to move away from uh, as much as I like talking about Tom Wilson. I don't um, talk about it, <laughs> but okay. So my, my question now becomes, um, how does this involve the Leafs? Because we all, <laughs> that's the question everyone asks. Jake, um, what plays the Leafs twice a year? Jake, make how much more can we make the Leafs? Everything more about the Leafs? Because I know you are oh, so much so more sick and tired of hearing about the Leafs. No, I love it, man. I love it. What do you have the to thing say? That, Go ahead, the thing Austin. people don't really understand about Leaf fans is that we as fans have been the butt of every single joke for the past, I mean, 
10 years is as long as I've been keeping track of like the ridicule. It's obviously longer than that because of the Stanley Cup. Yeah. But like, it's like fuel for Leaf fans. Like, to, like the people, it's the, uh, like the South Park gift where Cartman's drinking the tears. Or <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's, that's Leaf. Oh, the unfathomable <laughs> sadness. Like, Leaf fans don't care that you hate us. We, we no. were hated the worst team in the league. <laughs> no, we are, uh, what's the thing from Batman? It's like, we were born into hate. <laughs> yeah, we were born in the darkness. We were born in the darkness. Born in the ashes. <laughs> we were molded by it. Yeah, we were molded by it. Oh, my God. Yeah, but that's, it's, everything that evolves around Toronto, it's like, whatever. I, I mean, Angle said it the best when Matthew scored that before the goal game. It's like, just get ready. Is basically paraphrasing what he said. Because this is what was coming. As soon as Matthew said that four goal game, the wheels were in motion and Tavares just sped it up. Yeah, I, I do think that... Uh, yeah, people are... They don't realize the magnitude that this team has across the league. Across just sports in this country. I mean, it's... It's more so in this country and out west that have the issue than I would say down south because they really wouldn't don't really care. I think. Um, well, the west are just cranky because it's already fucking snowing out there. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's. I don't even want to think about that. Think about snow. I want to talk about being into the darkness. It's October second and it's already snowing in Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's get into the uh, nitty gritty. Um, the Leafs roster, I I, I don't really find anything to be surprising in terms of how it sorted itself out and how you know the opening lineup, how it's going to look. Other than, I guess the only my own the only things I found uh, surprising is Martin Merchant somehow making this roster. That's astounding. He has to have nudes, some nudes on somebody. I don't know what it is. I I don't know what it is that keeps him. I I I only think I think the only reason why he's on this team is because other players didn't require waivers. That is yeah, it. it. <laughs> and that doesn't say my. I, I think they would rather have Martin Marincin rot in a press box than see. Um, like a, a you know an Andreas Borgman or Kali Rosen rot in a press box. That's good. That's the right mentality. To be honestly, because Martin Renton's what six twenty seven ish now. Yeah, he's and about twenty six, twenty seven. And I mean, like Justin Holt's around the same age, but Justin Holt to me is just better than Martin yeah. Renton. Martin Renton can't handle the puck. Justin Holt is a little bit weird mentally, but at least in, you're not scared. For your team's well-being every time you get the puck, because I was. Stop two, it! I'm pretty scared. The guy fully, because this is like I like I keep bringing up that game I went to in Montreal. He just threw a between the legs no look pass dead into the side. Is <laughs> <laughs> not by any means off the shit list, but if I had to choose between the two, it would be Hull. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. I'd rather take a gun to the, a gun to the a Russian roulette to my fucking face than Martin Marinson. That guy is horrific. I, I I still have no idea how he made the team. Uh, what does uh, that, I just figured, what does that say to some of the other guys that you guys 
couldn't like, it means something to make the it's opening right roster in a way. Never eligible. The only thing it should say. Hopefully, um, this guy's only because you guys uh, because he can't go through waivers. You guys can. Yeah. And the Marlies are going to be their defense from the lines I saw after the cuts. They look very good. Jordan Subban's playing on their third pair. He was like the big offseason ring for their for the Marlies. Okay. Like on defense. Yeah. I got a better guy today. Anyway. I I also think on on the back end, there's going to be a noticeable difference between Ojiganov and Polak. Oh, yeah. I don't know how much you guys have looked at his game. I, when I saw him in that preseason game, it's much different watching. I always say it's much different watching the guys live than on TV. I was I had pretty good uh, a pretty good view too. And the one thing I noticed about him, he's not for his size. He doesn't play the body as much as I thought he would. He's ver- more so worried about positioning and where his stick is. Yeah. Um, than he like, is about six, being physical. Is- yeah, he's about. Yeah. Oh, Zaganoff, isn't he? He's got. He looks massive. He looks like he's like six four, six five. Like, yeah, he looks lanky. I think he's only like six two though. Uh, let me see, Igor. Um, blank. I'll just so we fill time for David to find out how tall he is. Um, there was actually a good thing. Uh, Nick D'Souza, if you check him out on Twitter, I both tweeted it as well. He did sort of like a gift breakdown of some of Ojeganov's plays he noticed during the preseason. And uh, sort of talking about like certain things. Like he's, he noticed that obviously Ojeganov with learning curve, he was a little more timid at uh, pressuring at the blue line. He sort of just backed up. Um, but then as a rebuttal to that, he's playing with Travis Dermott, who's very good at um, gap control and getting into guys in the neutral zone. He's not afraid to jump up. So. That could be a good pairing because Dermot uh, works pretty well at both ends, and Ojeganov's finding his way. So as long as Dermot can be steady back there, he's got a better option than Polak, and he should be able to utilize him a bit better. Yeah, he's he's six foot two, Jake. So he's not. Yeah, he's not exactly a, a very big guy, but he he's played. not Chara. No, six two's a big guy. He's not Chara though. Exactly. Yeah, he's like like seven-ish. So, let's go down, let's break down the biggest news from, uh, well, I mean, technically from Tuesday, and that's the Leafs putting two goaltenders on waivers and both of them getting claimed. And Uh, trading Connor And, well. I'm okay with the last part. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm not. He sucked. You know what, the more I thought about it, and uh, there was... There was a lot of stop it. It wasn't even that. I, you know what? People keep saying, "Oh, Babcock didn't like him." Babcock didn't like him, and I, I really then just it. I think it really came down to he just didn't do enough to separate himself to do anything that says I'm I'm a guy you can trust to play. Uh, all he stinks. Yeah, I'm not saying he's a great player, and they made a choice because the coach doesn't like him. Like. He couldn't get his way into the lineup, and Babs would have found a way to fit him in. He was playing the way that he needed to be. Um, no, he he was always he's always been awful. He hasn't. He just hasn't. Yeah, he, he can probably pass the puck pretty well. 
But and you know what? For a guy his size, he can't body guys. Like he's because he's a tiny, tiny player. Yeah. Jake, I mean, he's your guy. Yeah, who has he's like size. five foot nine. Like, there's no question. He can't. He just can't compete physically. Like the saddest thing I always see is sometimes he would kill penalties, and he'd be net front, and it's like, why? Yeah, bad idea. You're not pushing anybody out of the way. And Jake, I, I just want to get your thoughts on that because you're a guy who's pretty tall. Like you, you're what six four? Four. So, yeah. Like you, you've gone up against guys like that in college. Like, how, can you explain to the people, to the great people here of this podcast, why size is such a big deal, especially on the blue line? Yeah. So most of the time, you know, with defensemen, you're basically it's all about defensively. It's all about in front of the net, especially on like penalty kills. You're basically it's like basketball. You're ba- you're trying to like box guys out for a rebound. You just have to have the wherewithal to try and physically move a guy without taking a penalty. Like I've seen the thing with Connor Carrick is he is small, but he is a tough little bastard. And man, if you've seen him, he loves to give a little cross check in the back, a hack, a stuff like that. Which I mean, they're cracking down on it a bit. It's like the guy that I've seen nobody does better is is Chris Pronger, who, funny enough, is like six foot six. But the whole thing is you got to have this massive lower body to be able to just clear space. And for defensemen, another thing is is reach. With with size, the biggest thing is reach. Like that's why Chara still remains effective, is because he has that like six foot nine reach. He's got like a stick that's like nine feet long. He just takes away passing lanes purely because of his size. That's like a big thing for me. That's why that's why in every sport, the taller you are, the tie's gonna go to the bigger person. Because he just like can't teach size. It's just it's a really dumb um, cliche, but it's just it's just a fact. So yeah, go ahead, Austin. I think I think that's one of the reasons why Marinson made the team is because of his size. Yeah, and Hull too. Hull is not a small guy. He's six four, Austin, if I'm not wrong. Oh, maybe. Um, How do you not? Big. He, he looks smaller, but I don't, I don't talk a lot about Justin Hall. He's probably about six three ish, I would think. He's, uh, he looks four. big for sure. He doesn't skate like he's six four, six three though. Skates really quickly. Yeah, he's uh, got some. He's got good feet. He's got. Yeah, he's really feet. quick. And he likes to jump up in the rush. Pretty much the only thing I know about him. I did go to the one game that he played with the Marlies, and he scored that goal in triple overtime. And that was cool. Um, yeah. All right. So le- let's uh, let's move back to uh, the goaltending situation because this got a lot of attention. And the more I thought about it, it's a li- okay. I understand losing both McElhinney and Pickard is not ideal. Um, but I, th- a lot I can't people... believe that happened, by the way. Uh, how did Pickard get picked up? Well, Philadelphia is like, th- this is what it was. It was not that they got picked up because of, you know, there, I, it was more because of injuries. Uh, the Flyers lost, uh, uh, what's his name? Leon, I think, uh, Alex, uh, Leon. Yeah. Yeah. So 
they pretty much were going to be going with uh, Stolars as their backup, I believe, and they didn't want to do that. So excellent night. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, supposed to be all right. I mean, probably still got some more seasoning to do though. So the, I actually think um, because it's going to be bro- actually this is the tough thing about Philly because I'm pretty sure who's their starter. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, Brian Elliott. Oh my God! Is it? And, uh, what Neuver. happened? In, I thought it was Neuvert. Yeah. Okay. So this Neuver. this was gonna be my Neuver. question because I don't understand how the Flyers are fitting all of this in because I'm I'm looking right now at their uh, team uh, depth chart. Oh, okay. Leon and Neuvert are injured. Um, wow. So that's why Pickard makes like they. I think it's Lion, by the way. Yeah, it is, is Lion. Is it Lion? Oh, yeah, it's lying. Yeah, he's, he's he's American, so that makes a lot of sense. They wouldn't say. I have champ. I have Champions League on on my mind. So yeah. So do I. Oh, hold on. Can we give a little right. shout out to my boy DiBala, and no. him? He actually... had a he had a, tr- a treble. Oh, dummying young boys. Oh, with no Ronaldo too. <laughs> we them boys. Yeah. So that was fun. If that's not if that's not their song, whenever they're at home. I am. I have no faith in them. Yeah. So, I actually think there's a situation where the Leafs can get Pickard back if they really wanted to. Yeah. How does it work? So if he gets if he gets put on waivers by the claiming team, the Leafs get first rights to claim him back. That's that's what I've been told. And if the Leafs claim him, it's uh, they can Im- immediately send him down to the AHL. They did it with. Uh, Griffith a couple years ago. Yeah, you don't have to put him back through waivers to send another. Seth Griffith. Uh, yep, yeah, that is right. So I actually think people are a little uptight about this. I mean, the Flyers are not carrying three goalies, four goalies technically. Um, I don't know how their AHL situation is going to work with uh, when you when you look at their goaltending situation down there. Uh, like Lyon was supposed to take that next step up after he had. A pretty, pretty good um, – I think they have a Sandstrom down there too uh, in uh, yeah. Philly. Yeah, pretty modest, what, 90-point or 90-save game in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So, like, that was supposed to be the battle between him and Neuvert. Um, but I th- still think uh, – like, they're not going to have four goalies up. So, I think there is a very good chance Pickard is back in Toronto. I mean, you kind of feel for the guy because this guy – um, he actually had a decent season last year. He has NHL experience. Like he has more NHL experience than Garrett Sparks does. Oh, way more. He has yeah. 80. 80- he played for Team Canada. Yes, yeah. he did. He played- and he was into starting for the Avalanche two seasons ago because of injury. Yeah, for whatever that means. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he had. Played- so, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, well, he didn't really st- he. I think the most he played for the Avalanche was 50 games, and like the Avalanche were just terrible that year. Yeah, and he still. Garrett Sparks has played two regular season games in the NHL. No way, no, no, he's no, played no, more no, than no, that. No, Stop more. it. Like started. No, he started more. more than that. I'm gonna go with nine, ten, maybe. It's um, under ten for sure. I just remember the shutout he had, and then the game against the Jets afterwards. <laughs> Everyone remembers the shutout because it was against the Oilers. Seth, yeah, and he cried. Do you want to know how much, how far yeah. off both of you are? Seventeen. What is it? Was it like eighty-five games? Something stupid. 
I'm yeah. telling you, they used him when they He's, were tanking. He was clutch for that tank because if they didn't lose on the final game to the Devils, the first pick would have been to Edmonton, and they would have had Matthews and McDavid. So, so you want to thank know, God you he saved know, us. You want to know how things went? So he went from having you know a perfect save percentage to allowing a six spot against Winnipeg the night the next game. Oh, he was brutal. Then, he just looks like a road hockey goalie. That was Hellebuck's debut for Winnipeg that night. There was a lot. Right, his save percentage at one point got down to point seven six five. So it's not good, is it? Not good, right? Not good, not good. But I do, I do um, give him credit after that tough season, being able to find a way to get back up. I will give him that. Um, but. I am. Is that your dog, Austin? No, Not it's mine. mine. It's mine. Oh. My dog was just shaking his collar, though. I can hear him rummaging around <laughs> up there. Uh, yeah, sorry. I, I just trying to push him away. That's there okay. he went in the other room. He heard your dog. It's too bad we don't have video he, on this. It would be cool. He's old, so. Oh. Well, we he goes. Won't... He's going to his bed. Um, but. Um, are you guys worried about this? I, I feel like this is a little over. No, it, the thing is, it's just it's just overreaction Monday. It's like everything is being overanalyzed because they have no other real weaknesses. Like people are talking about their right side. Like, uh, yeah, like I, I was listening to I think it was uh, Overdrive the other day and Hayes was talking about the scene in Seinfeld where uh, they take all the separate trains and then they meet up and uh, and Jerry's going to Staten Island and he sits with the guy that's naked. And they're talking about the Mets and they're just saying, oh, the pitching's terrible, the defense is terrible, they can't hit. And then they say, but I love their chances, which is just such a perfect... Yeah. It's like exactly what every Leaf fan is saying. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't like the backup goalie. I don't like... I don't like the the right side of their wings or the left side of their wings. I don't like their right side of their D, but I still love their chances. Like it, it it's just people are overreacting. Like nothing is perfect. Every team has holes in every sport. Like that's why whenever you go to the NFL draft, they look at, you know, the team that just won the Super Bowl, the, the Eagles last year, and they put holes for draft needs. Like no team is perfect. You can always improve. Like the there will never be a team, unless you're the Golden State Warriors, of course. Um, there will never be a team that's just perfect at everything. I, I think that's probably the best way to to go about that because um, it's so. I don't even know what's the right word to say, but it's. I think we're lucky that the Nylander contract situation is going on, only because if it wasn't. We would be overanalyzing everything else so much that it would be so unbearable. Like, oh yeah, I, I, how much talk there was about the captaincy, how much talk there was about you know the calf situation. I just, oh, it was giving me a migraine at at one point. What got swept under the rug pretty quietly was um, when Marner's agent came out and said. They'd like a contract to be done before the season, he, uh, which was at some point last week. And that got swept under the rug really quickly because that could have been like 
Marner and Nylander, get them both done. That could have been a crazy. I, I mean, and I, that's another thing. I, I would have loved if they got their the deals done for all those guys a year before. I don't want Mitch Marner to like because the thing that sucks about that is now we're kind of like rooting for them not to hit their peak because you don't want to pay them the max amount of dollars. Like in hindsight, you look at guys like John Tavares, you want him to have his career high in points because you don't have to pay him. He's already locked up for these other kids. You're like, eh, it was like with the performance bonuses. You're just like, okay, you know, yeah, I hope you do well, but eh, not that well. Cause then we're screwed in negotiations that, you know, that's something I – probably the only thing I haven't liked about what the new management has done thus far is, is the fact that they haven't dealt with these right away. Maybe that's maybe that's not on them. Maybe that's on, you know, the, the negotiations from players. Yeah. But I also don't think um, – what? Wait, what? Did you say my name? No, I, I just said it, it seems like uh, – I, I just to steal your thunder a little bit there, but – um, you're right. I think this is more of the players because I guarantee the Nylander contract would be done because I think Dubis and, and them have the have like what what do they really at a stalemate about? It's what Nylander wants. It's not what the team wants. The team is probably offering him what they think is fair value for him and he and he doesn't want to be the one to uh, settle. That's a word that's been used around a lot, but I think it's true. It's it's negotiation, and that's what a lot of people don't want to admit when they're talking about Nylander, because every single EPR post is, sign Nylander, where's Nylander, announce Nylander, blah, blah, blah. You and know I'm that? sure that people are just saying that, because it, it's now just a running joke in Toronto. Sign Nylander, do it. He's in Sweden, sign Nylander. Anyway. Um, it's just kind of like, this, this is how negotiations go, I mean... Nylander's camp has a number, the Leafs' camp has a number, and they're going to either meet in the middle or one side's going to budge. Because Nylander's not pulling a levy on and sitting in for the whole year. Or half a year, sorry. It's just, he's leaving money on the table because he, I don't even know. It's just, it might not get done tonight. It definitely won't get done tonight. Actually, no, the NHL's had a really good trend of just having stuff happen at midnight or later recently. Patrick trade and the chase. I feel like I feel like it might happen this week though. Somebody I, just, I saw I saw somebody on Twitter say something like, What if the Leafs have already signed Nylander and they just try and skate him out for the opening lineups and announce him and see how everyone just goes nuts? <laughs> well no, but no. They, they they have to they had to like get the roster set, right? There's yeah. the roster yeah. deadline, unfortunately, so that theory wouldn't have worked. Oh, yeah. Um That's that's why Martin Murch made the team, is because there was an extra spot for an eighth spin. Now, Jake, I wanted to circle back on your thing about, you know, getting the deals done. Um, and you were saying about how having Tavares, you know, knowing you're paying him $11 million, he's done, he's locked in, he can light the world on fire and you'll be, you know, it's going to be... <laughs> it's gonna be money, a- money well spent. Yeah. My, my Somebody brought this up to me. Uh, it, it, you know, he's a bit... He's not a younger person, so, you know the way they think and the way they analyze this whole thing is a little different. He says, wouldn't, if your Leafs management try to use the Tavares contract as, you know, team cap as the team cap. When you look at how Stamkos did it in Tampa, 
Yeah, of course. But, yeah, I mean, then Kucherov went above the cap. But, yeah, I kind of see what you're saying. Well, he, um, he was under, and now he went over after proving. Like, it, it, he didn't sign. Like, I think he signed for, what, under six? And then who, Kucherov. Yeah, he was under he six for like three, eight, seven. Like it was, it was yeah. a joke. Yeah. And now it was, it was nothing. It was literally nothing. Um, and then obviously he got rewarded with nine and a half, which is a ton for a winger. Um, but you know, I think that was money well spent, but, but yeah, I mean, I think if you're guys like Marner, obviously he's probably not asking for 11 million. No. So that's fine. And if you can get Matthews for under 11 million or 11 million, I'd be pretty happy with that. But for Marner, like it's going to be a really tough sell, especially with who he's playing with this year and what he has the potential to go out and do. Like if he gets 90 points, how can you say no to giving him anything less than $8 million? Well, I, I think I... you could have gotten him at seven if they did it this off season, seven, two, five or something like that. And again, but the, and I think what we're noticing now is the players are are going to fight for at least to say, I, I want to wait it out and see if I can squeeze an extra million. Now, somebody brought this By the up. way, how many, how many guys that have bet on themselves failed in betting on themselves? I feel like most of the time, they, they usually succeed. Uh, P.K. Suman guys- is the best oh, example. P.K. Kucherov is a good example, too. Yeah, like, he had what 105 points last year. <laughs> yep, and he and he's still I think getting underpaid. Do you see what his new contract like? You see what the contract he's getting in next season is paying him? Nine and a half million dollars. Yeah, it's like yeah, I'm pretty sure that's. I think you're like right on that one actually. In Florida though, no tax, no state income tax. It's yeah. not. It's not too bad. It's probably about ten ten two five market value. So one thing I, I I think people forget too, you know who spawn who's Austin Matthews main sponsor like um what's uh like sponsorship deal is with Scotia Bank no Scotia Bank you know how yeah. deep their pockets are. I mean they just gave the Leafs half a billion dollars for what twenty years or something like that. Um yeah try eight hundred million over twenty years. Yeah eight hundred million I was underselling it. Um, I, I think people don't. They, I think that's an underrated part in all this, because look, you, you, you. I look at a guy like Jack Eichel. He got ten and a half in Buffalo, which kind of killed it. I think that was terrible. I think that was. I mean, and if you're was him, it ten and a half? I thought it was ten. I'm pretty sure it was ten and a half. Um, but I will uh, verify. Yeah, that. that's that's terrible. Um, yeah. No, sorry, he got ten. You're right, ten. Um, I think that really, um, lower because if he got, let's say, let's say Jack Eichel could have asked for 11. I mean, you can ask for anything you want, but like what yeah. you're willing, what you're actually going to get is a different, is completely different. I, I have, I would have never signed off on that. I would have maybe maxed out at nine because Jack Eichel, like the thing that I love is the, is the argument where. You know, people bring up McDavid's contract, and and they're just like, "Well, he's the McDavid of this team." It's like, what? There's only that, one. That's McDavid. not how the. It's like that's not how this works. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, you can look at the Blue Jays today and say Kevin Pillar is the Mookie Betts of the Blue Jays. He's not Mookie Betts. 
Like, it, it's completely different. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. Alex Galchenyuk and Connor McDavid of the Arizona Coyotes. By yeah, that. like, okay, so he can be the highest paid player on the team, but he's not getting anywhere near the, the thing. Like, the, I hate that argument. It's like an argument I've heard before that, like, Austin Matthews is the Connor McDavid of the Leafs. It's like, okay, like, he's an amazing player, but he's not Connor McDavid. So, I, I mean, I don't see there's no correlation between the two. Yeah. And, like, until he wins an Art Ross, back-to-back Art Rosses, um, Ted Lindsay back-to-back years and has won an MVP, then we can talk about $12.5 I, I, I've always thought that was a ridiculous number. I thought the max he would get is, like, 10 and a half. But, I mean, that's just the way, you know, people see things, so. And and I also want to bring up, like, if you're Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, you're loving what TSN and Sportsnet to a lesser degree, actually. But TSN must have the agents. Like, this is the only way they get their information. The agents must have them by the cojones. Because how much they're talking about, you know, Marner should be 10. Matthews should get close to McDavid. You know how many times I've heard that on TSN? And I'm thinking, are the agents? Every day. It's almost every day. And I'm like, are the agents, like, playing these guys? Like, are the agents, like, spinning, like, like like they're salt, like hand puppets, because I don't. Yeah. Th- this would not be a conversation that we're having if it wasn't for what the media is saying, because nobody else is making it out like they are. And then I have people come and crying to me. Oh, how are the Leafs gonna fit everyone? Do you think the Leafs are gonna fit everyone? I'm like, if I hear one more person ask me if the Leafs are gonna fit everyone. I'm going to take my foot. Okay, so that's another misconception of me. Like, obviously, they're not going to pay everybody, but they'll pay their stars. They'll pay the the guys that are irreplaceable, guys like Marner, Matthews, obviously Tavares now. Like, they'll, they'll, and guys like Morgan Riley and Freddie Anderson, too. They'll They'll identify like a course five or six players, and those guys will be paid and they'll never leave. But guys like, Connor Brown or Zach Hyman or Jake Gardner or other complimentary pieces like that, they will be replaced. Like people, there, there's never been a situation where a winning team loses a superstar player because they couldn't pay him. Oh, they couldn't pay him. That just doesn't happen. No, they'll, they'll, they'll cut, you know, third liners that make three or $4 million. And it, actually, I think first off, yeah, we're saying bye to Jake. Like Jake, uh, not you. We're saying bye to Gardner now, because I, what he would get on the market, the Leafs should not pay him because they will have other defensemen come up. No, at he's that gonna point. get seven million on the open market. Yeah, yeah. Like, somebody will pay him. Somebody will pay him Shattenkirk money. Oh, easily. And then uh, Ron Hainsey, his three million right there. That is seven million dollars. Your Cutting out with a snap of the finger. Yep. If anything, if Ron Hainsey liked the Leafs so much, he could sign for less. No, please don't do that. Just retire. <laughs> Just retire. Uh, I think maybe Babs runs him into the ground so much that he'll eventually retire. Hopefully. <laughs> and give him a nice. Hopefully, he's like enough of this shit. It's like he's like Babs. I can't play him. With go, 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 you're a good player. Go Hold on. on just, just one more penalty kill. <laughs> it's a good opportunity, Ron. Go out, do it. 
Don't worry, Kyle will take care of you after this. <laughs> um, I I think like look, that's seven million dollars right off the hop. I look at guys like Connor Brown and Zach Hyman. Why would you ever want to put yourself in a situation? You're both Toronto kids. I know how much Connor Brown loves being a Maple Leaf. I know people who know him, who went to high school with him. When he got drafted by the Leafs, it, it gave him that extra incentive to really push himself. He's not going to demand. Like, at this point, what he is getting, he's maxed out, I think. Like, how much more is his game going to go where you, where he can say, oh, I want a pay raise? That ain't happening. He, he would need to score 25 goals. Yeah, and get forty five points if he ever wanted to make you know like serious money like that. And Hyman too, like how much? Uh, unless Hyman gets some, like unless his agent is just like, yeah, maybe you should look elsewhere because well, other I, teams will hi- pay you. But go ahead, Austin. So you cut out a little bit there. Oh, I'm sorry. I said watch watch Hyman just have a massive season this year, just like twenty goals. <laughs> okay. Over over under Jake uh, over under not hit wide open back doors. What would you say? Okay, um, Jake, you're a betting guy. Austin, you're a betting guy. So let's have a little fun with this. Over under goals Hyman gets this season. If I were to say fifteen goals, over or under for Zach under Hammer. under hammer the under. Get me the hammer. All right, what was that? Under fifteen. Yeah, over under hammer 15. that. He's going to get between 10 and 12 every year for the rest of his life. With Marner and Tavares, he is, he is what he is. He was with Nylander and Matthews. Just go to the corner and get the puck. Pass to a guy that knows what they're doing. Not that Zach Hyman I mean, doesn't know what he's doing. But you know what I mean. Get it to the guys that are going to get the ball. Now my he, own, he, just doesn't, he just doesn't have the hands to score goals. Like Some guys have shots. Some guys don't. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah that's... That goal in the playoffs against Boston was about the peak of what he's going to do. And a couple of even those... even then, that wasn't like a, a real no. highly skilled move. That was kind of like a like a, a house a... league. Like that, let's let's just de- let's do the backhand deke. Like it, it wasn't that. It was like a very beautiful it was a play, big goal. but it was not picturesque. It was not picturesque. At no point did I think he was going to score. That's uh, most of the time I see him with the puck on a stick, though. A couple of those goals against the Rangers when he was shorthanded were nice. Other than that, he's not going to be – it's sort of like what Leo Komarov was last year. He just can't buy a break when he's near the net. He has a real mm-hmm. tough time scoring around. Right. Really good at it from our least. All right, so let's uh, – I want to push forward to prediction time. We kind of got one little prediction there, but – um, I'll ask you a couple. We'll we'll try to make this a little bit lightning round. You can give a little description if you want, but um, tell me. Let's start with uh, the Leafs, just in general. Where do they finish in the standings? And um, we'll start with that one first. Jake, where do they finish in the standings? Hold on. Are we talking division conference? Let's do conf. Let's do division then conference. I think they finished second in the Atlantic. I think Tampa Bay finishes first in the Atlantic. I think they finished third overall in the league in points, though. And Tampa, where do you have them? Just I have ta- I have uh, Tampa winning the Presidents Trophy, Nashville getting second, and the Leafs being third. 
Okay. Winnipeg fourth. Okay. And then, yeah. Respect. Austin, where you got? I don't think I lean too heavily away from what Jake is saying, honestly. I, uh, I think it's a boring answer, but um, the Leafs seem at the moment like they're going to have that edge over the Bruins. I say that now as if the Bruins uh, didn't have a massive second half last year that pushed them into second in the division. So never with that team, but I'd say second would be a goal for the Leafs for sure, especially with Boston missing group for the first couple weeks of the season and Char is getting another year older. Adam McQuaid's not there. Their defense uh, isn't as menacing as it usually looks, so I think that's fair. And then, yeah, third, I'd say anywhere from third to fifth would be a pretty realistic expectation for the Leafs. Um, it depends on what happens with Winnipeg, because Nashville and them are going to have you know, I just think of the teams in the Central and how they'll do this year. they got to play the Coyotes a bunch, so... Oh no, that's the, the Pacific. Excuse me. Um... Yeah, I, I think the Jets and the Leafs will sort of fight for that third and fourth spot. So let's go third to fifth. I would be very happy with that. All right. Um, I'm going to totally land, throw a bombshell. I think the Leafs are going to win the division. And this is the reason why. The Leafs screwed themselves. Well, they kind of got screwed with the dumb playoff format. And we know Babcock is all about projections. And I think he realizes if this team um, wins the division, they get away from that stupid Tampa or Boston in the first round. And yeah, that's I mean, still the dumbest rule ever. It's the NHL is one like every other league. You can't wait for the postseason because it's excitement from the wild card game all the way to. I don't understand if you're gonna have a wild card format in the NHL. Why not have it done properly? Like, okay, yeah, the top two in the division, top in the division plays the bottom, uh, and then reseed everything else. I don't get it. I don't get that. Um, but so you're just you're just saying one through eight, essentially. Yeah, like, what was wrong with one through eight? We've seen eight seeds beat Nothing. one seed. Like, I don't get it. I mean, they just had to cover up the fact that. The NHL is just so terrible at marketing its stars yeah. that they had to go to this format where they have to have divisional rivals, even though most of the teams are already meet anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. look at Pittsburgh and Washington. Before this, they met all the time anyway. If your division's good, you're going to run into the teams you don't like very often. I just don't like the idea where you, revo- you reward shitty divisions. Like, I look at the Pacific Division... It's awful. It's the reason why I think Edmonton can make the playoffs this year, if they really want to. I don't think to. they'll make the playoffs, but yeah. with the playoff format as well, it's just sort of dull. Because it's like you look at the Leafs' outlook, and a team that's going to make the playoffs with this format for the next five plus years at least, um, and you're going to play probably the Bruins and Lightning, unless the Bruins fall off, and then the Lightning and if, somebody else. If I'm the players, the CBA is coming up. I am pushing for the playoff format to be changed. That would be lovely. Because it's, it's something. Like, I mean, it, will, it, will, it probably won't change. The, I mean, the only thing that, that could possibly happen is they get realignment, but that's not going to happen just no. because they already properly realigned. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. I mean... 
especially because this is this has probably led to some better ratings and they're probably going to get a really good TV deal out of it so yeah um so I'm so just to finish my prediction It's frustrating uh, as a fan but it makes sense uh from a business perspective. Mm-hmm. So just to finish off I think the Leafs will be the top seed in the Atlantic and the Eastern Conference. They're not going to win the president. I think that Nashville's going to lock that up. Although the Central Division is tough. Uh, some teams did get better um, in the Central. So, but I think just Nashville will uh, – I mean, they, they actually somehow able to get Dan Hamuse as their, like, bottom-pairing defenseman, which – Oh, they did? Nashville did? Yep. Yeah. Oh, nice little reunion for him. I know. I keep forgetting he used to be there. And then he moved on to Vancouver – and uh, Dallas didn't bring him back, which I was surprised about. But um, I think it was more he wanted to go back to Nashville than wanted to stay in Dallas. So I think Nashville's too deep. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna probably uh, the only thing I would say would hinder them is goaltending. But I think uh, they're the rest of the team is talented enough to at least carry that. Um, so I do have the Leafs finishing uh, first in the East and first in the Atlantic, just because I think they're gonna realize. They kind of put it on cruise control at the wrong time, and I think they're going to learn better from that. I kind of see some slight regression from Boston. I'm not convinced yeah. they finish in the top three. I think the, they're a lock for the playoffs, but I, I'm not convinced they're a lock for the top Florida's three. I think Florida yeah. – I really like what Florida did. I think they could push. I think Florida's going to make the playoffs either as a wildcard team, like that top wildcard team. I think – um, if you look at, it, I think, you know, Florida can make it, and then you know maybe one of the Metro division, like you split it, other than other, not having the Metro take both wild card spots. So, I mean, which would make a tougher matchup for the Leafs if, uh, you know, let's say Columbus is that, or the Flyers are that. I mean, I think the Leafs can dispose of the Flyers, so that wouldn't be an issue. I think I just think like a te- teams like the Flyers would be a perfect matchup for for the Leafs. Teams that want to run and gun like if you want to do that with the Leafs, you're just going to lose. Yeah. Like they're going to outscore teams that want to play that way cuz that's how they want to play. I think Boston I, did that I like, think the, they knew they I think could. the only team that could do it is Tampa. probably probably Tampa Bay. I mean, Boston did a pretty good job of that. Like they they were on fire offensively, but you know, their defense also helped them probably win. You know, the thing that wasn't, you know, said a lot was Tuka Rask was fantastic in that series. Except for Game 7. I was yeah, he, he had a really shitty Game 7. That was it. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, I think this is an obvious answer from everyone, but who leads the Leafs in goals? And just to make it a little more interesting, how many goals do you think that individual will have? That is a good question. That's That's harder than you think. Yeah, Ooh. just based on the pe- the the pedigree of uh, John Tavares, I mean, I'm I'm obviously gonna say that you know Matthews will lead the team. I'm gonna say 46. 46. Okay. Barring health, 46. I'll say 46. Austin, you've got to go barring health with Matthews, especially after the last season. Um, damn, it's gonna be one of Matthews or Tavares. Which is yeah, it's one of those two. I mean, last year we were all. I think both get forty. Saying. I think both get forty. Ooh. That would be incredible for the Leafs. Um, so I'm gonna go with. It, it's sort of a toss-up, honestly, because I, I, 
Tavares, I'm going to say, just because, I mean, you bet against the guy that helped JVR and Bozak score the way they did with Marner. That's I mean, true. The Marner effect is something. The Marner effect with it's real. keep posting 30 goals. I mean, come on. I think let's go 42 for Johnny. That would be nice. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So the way I look at it is, okay. If Marner, I'm sorry. If Matthews did not get injured, he would have scored 45 goals last year. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was, that's what I was basing my projections off. Is he at, he was at a 0.55, but, and Jake, I mentioned this in our chat. Matthews worked on his shot this summer. He actually. Decided, you saw. You saw that release he had against the Habs. Yeah. <laughs> so, on the power play too. Also, another thing, him being on the first power play. Yeah, that too. That's that was. I was he is get at. continuously the leader in even strength goals. Yeah, he was. I don't have the exact. I only have like his goals per game, not even strength, but. I think he he was one of the top in the NHL. He led the league in even strength goals, yeah. or even yeah, t- um, time on ice for even strength yeah. goals per sixty or whatever it is. Um, I, I could have pulled that up. I just had, didn't think of that. But I think the improves me with shot. The only thing that I think gives, as you guys said, um, Tavares the edge is he's got Marner with him. Matthews does have Marlowe, but Marlowe's not much of a playmaker. He's more of a goal scorer. Nylander isn't there. So that, I think, will impact how he starts. But Matthews will get the volume. He'll he'll be the consistent. Tavares can yeah. get, like, the two. Like, he'll put up the, the multi-goal games. So both, both players can create their own options. Yeah. Like, they're dependent. Like, John Tavares isn't dependent on a 40-goal season. It's mismarked. Yeah. Yeah, but I still think I still think Matthews is going to. Um, he he's, he had twenty nine even strength. Twenty nine of his thirty four were at even strength. You add That's, that is ridiculous. Um, so if you add, you know his power play time, because I think that power play is going to be the best in the league. There's no reason why he shouldn't. And then uh, just he's going to be healthier. I think he's going to be probably better this year too i think he can get about 48 is the low maybe 50 if he's if he really breaks out so i'm i wouldn't be surprised if he can get 50 like if he gets 50 would we be surprised no <laughs> but i mean i i think 48 is the realistic it's not likely but i wouldn't be surprised to have an unreal start um, so let's, uh, let's, yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Um, how many games does Garrett Sparks play? I'm going to go with 18, 18. <laughs> Ooh, you're going with the McElhaney number. Yeah. Awesome. I'd, I'd say a 20. Yeah. Around what McElhaney got. He's only going to get, uh, back to backs. Unless there's an injury, obviously, but hopefully um, not. Yeah, because then the Leafs are in a lot of trouble. I'm oh, s- we're fucked. Yeah, I'm gonna say 22. Yeah, that's a good number. I think. Yeah, I don't see him getting. 
I don't see Freddie playing less than starting less than sixty games a season. No, neither do I. Um, so that was an easy one. Uh, let's move on to. I'm just looking at my uh, list here. Okay. The the let's let's get into a little bit of uh, playoffs. Um, actually, before that, do you think the Leafs make a trade for a defenseman at the deadline? It's mm, a good question. Um, I'm gonna say no. I hope they don't trade for another fucking fourth line center and just keep wasting second round picks. But um, I'm gonna say no. I, I'm gonna say they might get a promotion from within. Oh, who? You, I, I think I know who you, a certain. Sweet... I think Tim. Timoth. I think I think Tim might pull a, a Dermot and get a shot at at the end of the season, maybe the last 10, 15 games. Okay. And maybe maybe some of these other guys surprises us. I mean, they've taken enough lottery ticket players. Okay. Yeah. Austin. I forgot the question. Do they trade for a defenseman at the deadline? <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I got thinking about Lillier and just Ah. Um if the deal is right, they can, but if it's not do they make a deal? I think the better question is that they make a deal involving a defenseman because Jake Gardner could very well be moved. No, he's not going to be moved. They, I think I they think pre- pre- pretty JBR. much solidified that own rental thing. Yeah, yeah. I I think they've. Uh, I think he Jake Gardner is not coming back. Like like no, Dubis will say he's going to no negotiate, but he's not coming back. Um. Yeah, I don't. It's hard to say what defenseman would be available at the trade deadline. But um, if it depends on how the season shakes out. Because if Babcock's confident in his defense, he obviously he's gone to management and made it clear uh, that if he needs a guy, that he's not afraid to go tell Dubas that hey, you need to bring this guy in. It's just feeling it as decor, honestly. But if Willie Grant plays well, we still don't know what's going to happen with uh, Rasmus Sandin, his situation. So... Anything can really. If Sandine plays for the Marlies, then Willie Green has a better chance because that's somebody that can just take his spot and play Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Let's move Sandin. on. To... Let me just. Oh, okay. I'm not talking about take Willie Green's spot. Okay. Nobody freaked out. Um, also, one, one last before we get to the next one. Raise your gain just a little bit on your mic. Um, let's go to the playoffs. How many rounds do you think the Leafs win, or how far do you think the Leafs will get? Austin, let's let you start with this one. I'll go with a conservative one next year. Okay. And that would be plenty of progress for me, honestly, because it's more progress than I've ever seen. No, sorry. I did see the playoffs where they went against the Flyers. That we've seen in the last decade, um, for sure. Uh, Just winning a playoff series is the goal right now, and then everyone wants a championship, but you got to win around before you can worry about winning the next three. So that's where it starts for me. And if they go out in the second round, I mean, obviously, unless they win the division, and even if they do win the division, they're going to play one of the other two teams from their division. So uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. So let's just say one for now. Okay. Jake? I think they win two. I think they make it to the conference finals, and I feel like they would lose. I 
feel like they play Pittsburgh, and I just wouldn't have a good. I just don't have a good um, level of confidence whenever they play a team like Pittsburgh, one of those old guard teams that has been around for a while. I because those teams just have like a a different aspect about them. They, they, yeah, they just have like the obviously the the experience and stuff like that. And I also have more trust in, in the goaltending because, like, the top two teams in the Metro, the Caps and, and Pittsburgh, I don't I, – I'm not so sure if the Leafs are better than them right now. Uh, but I, I think the Leafs I, – I think they're definitely better than Boston. I think there's going to be some regression. And I, I don't know. I wanted Tampa Bay last year. I, I felt like that was a better matchup for them. I think they have – you know, they match up really well against Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay doesn't really have, you know, a defensive shutdown line. No. So it would be, you know, sort of high-powered versus high-powered. That would be a fun series. I think I think they could beat them, though, personally. Okay, I like that. Um, I, I, I'm more in agreement with Jake. Um, I think, yeah, I think if they can avoid Tampa and Boston in the first round, and then you think about it, if they were to, let's say, um, I mean, Jake, you're probably saying that they face the they face Boston or Florida in round one, and then get Tampa in round two. Um, yeah, I think if you can win the division, let's say Tampa faces Boston in round one, so the the two of them, you know, feed off each other and just pound each other like the Leafs and Bruins. I, did. I think another underrated thing is if the Leafs play Tampa Bay or Florida, you just know half that building will be Leafs fans. Oh yeah. And that's different. Like Boston is a different animal. Oh, they did not. You can't take over TD Garden. No. Like that. You can't take over the Garden. That's a tough place to go for an opposing fan base. Um, and they didn't last year. I mean, there's obviously you know good Leafs you know representation at the TD Garden. I went there. There's probably a couple hundred, but it's not like you're in Ottawa or, or in <laughs> Florida or when the Leafs are in Western Canada where they're getting you know, 5,000 fans in the building. And I think they would do that in Tampa Bay or Florida because obviously with the, you know, Canadians that are down in Florida year round, they would, they would get, they would get their support. Also people would, would pay through the nose to just fly down to Florida. It'd probably be cheaper to go there for a fucking game than wow. to pull, get a ticket in Toronto. I think I, I, think I threw down a quite a bit. Down to Tampa for a game. Yeah. Um, stadium. Yeah, I, I, so I think the Leafs, I, I know that it would be tough for them to make the finals. I think it would be a bit of a reach, but I want to see, I would, I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about Washington. I think they're not going to be, I think the Stanley Cup hangover, like if there's a team that's going to have a Stanley Cup hangover, they're literally going to Washington. Have one. It's going to be Washington. <laughs> it's Washington. Like they'll they, literally be hungover. They they had to, you know, first off, move away Phil Grubauer. Like that was, uh, like Brian Holpe's going to have to carry that team. He didn't necessarily have to. He was a lot more fresh because Grubauer was able to play more. Um, they're going to have to rely on guy, younger guys who stepped up in the playoffs to do that again. Um, and and let's not forget a new head coach. So that's true. Um, Kurt Reardon, what's his name? Todd Reardon. Sorry. Yeah. I almost said Kirk. Reardon. I think, I think it's Pittsburgh that the Leafs end up mm-hmm. facing. And I don't know. I, if, if the, I know the, 
The Penguins. I, I think. I think. Obviously, we have. I think they have a better roster than than Pittsburgh does. But I just. I can't. I don't know. Crosby. Uh, maybe. I, maybe I don't want to feel like a homer and pick them to, to win I, it all. I have no, I, this is not me being a homer at all. This is just me thinking how how can they realistically do it and Pittsburgh hasn't run Toronto out of the building lately like there was times where you can tell that they were just so overmatched but now it it, it doesn't feel that way anymore it feels like the Leafs have really um, bridged that gap maybe they this that would be a fun series for sure oh yeah for sure so I think I think they can make the finals but I don't think they would win the cup. I think they would lose the cup final um, if they were to play like a Nashville. I think this is not. This has to be. Nashville. I don't, Nashville is the team I'd want to play. I think they would beat Nashville. I think the Leafs they, can score more than Nashville can. They beat the last year, didn't they? They did. They did. They got their asses handed to them, but they. The team I wouldn't want to play is Winnipeg. Believe it or not, I I just think the physicality that they have would yeah. be um, would be big... suffocating. They're big. Yeah, I also think Nashville wasn't. I think there was they were a bit banged up too last year. Um, like Ryan Ellis came in late. Like he was he didn't hit his stride because he missed a lot of the season. So, and they don't have to deal with. Uh... All right. Oh no no go ahead Austin. It's just this delay screwing me up a bit. The Winnipeg is to me is the closest. Well, maybe it's a stretch, but. They're sort of like Boston. I forget what the quote was exactly from, I believe it was Patrice Bergeron or Brad Marchand, one of the guys during the playoffs series last year, where it was they compared it to the 2011 team, where it was like they weren't exactly the most skilled. And I'll get to the point, because I know if Winnipeg fans are listening, they're like, we have plenty of skill. Oh, Not what I'm fans saying. This, I'm wondering what the hell they're doing. What I'm saying is Boston knew that they weren't exactly the most skilled team top to bottom, but they bought in and they did whatever they needed to to get W's. I feel like that's what Winnipeg's shaping into under Paul Maurice. But obviously they have that top six that's scary and they have a great defense. So, a little different than Boston. Mm -hmm. Well, gentlemen, I think we've uh, covered what we need to cover on this one. Um, Jake, I hear you are potentially coming up north soon? Yep, we will see. We'll keep everybody updated. Um, so at least we won't have, and no, it's not going to be on our dime. Jacob, uh, just has, has to come up for, uh, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about this? Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll host you, Jake. Okay. I'll take that. Let's uh, go get some standing room seats for $180. <laughs> That's not how or I can, rolls. or I can sit on the Islanders bench for 180 bucks. You can sit on my couch for absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and give you a beer. Yeah, that works. All right. So uh, I would like to thank both Austin and Jake for uh, taking time with like as we're as as I'm saying this. This is 1 a.m. on uh, on Wednesday. So let's. Uh, I think it's time to get some uh, get some shut eye. I mean, guys, this is gonna be. I don't know how exactly I'm gonna watch this game tomorrow because I'm driving down to Boston. Um. I've told the guys there's no way I'm missing this game. They're yeah. like, "Oh, we can go to watch it at a bar." I'm like, "Do you do you not know who's playing Wednesday night?" They're not. 
Boston, nobody in Boston is watching a goddamn Leafs Habs game on I TV. told them that. And I said the Yankees are playing too. There's no way. Like they Yeah, they're they're gonna hate watch the Yankees. Exactly. So I said we're watching this <laughs> at the Airbnb uh that we're staying at. Uh we're staying just outside of Dorchester, I think. Um I like Boston. Uh, this is for a Patriots game. I'm going to watch them get their ass handed to them by the Colts. Doubtful. Uh, I don't, I don't know, first. man. <laughs> Freaking Andrew Luck screwed me in fantasy, so against a good Houston Texans defense, or a half-decent one, I should say. So, um, yeah, that's what I got going on. And um, we're going to try uh, again next week. Jake, I think if you're free to come on, we'll have you back as usual um i don't mind having you back and uh yeah just uh follow us over at tip of the we've been the last two days have been great for us because everyone's all over nylander um i didn't even ask you guys when you think nylander is going to sign but at this point we have no i don't know so he, he will. that's all that matters yeah he will he's not being traded he's not he'll be back He's going to be in a Leaf uniform. Don't worry about it because where else is he going to go and have the fame that he has right now? So, um, Or make the money. Or make, yeah, Reebok. Oh, you're not with the Leafs anymore? Um, mm, yeah, uh, we might want to. We're good. Yeah, you, got, you guys uh, uh, enjoy this year, but after this year, yeah, it's not happening. So uh, he'll <laughs> learn that very quick. Um, and at least he gets to keep his beard. Uh, trade him to New York, the Islanders, and then has to get rid of the lock. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, just, I'd just do that. But, um, yeah, follow the guys on uh, Twitter. It's underscore Austin Owens and Jake Middleton 12. I'm right on that one, Jake? Uh, I think so. I mean, Jake, you don't tweet as much. Although, no. But uh, I, I think you'll find some ways to tweet a bit more this year. I will try to. Uh, so guys thank you very much for listening we'll be back next week I'm not sure what day yet um, but we will definitely be back with more Leafs talk next week what's so special about Hero Bread's soft fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at Hero.co